everyone. Mary Griffith here. So glad to be back with you. The Mary Griffith Show rolls on. Sponsored by Harvest Ridge and Refreshment Service in Pepsi. And I want to tell you, the coffee in Mexico is not as good as Harvest Ridge. But if you put enough Kahlua or rum or whatever in it, it masks the taste pretty well. So thank you very much for <laughs> Scott Hardy for sitting in for me. I had some mm-hmm. Best of Mary Griffith shows. But now we're back live, and of course, it's Wednesday. I had to come back. I couldn't stay another day in Cancun. I wanted to talk to Laura Siebert about everything that's happening at Arts Quincy. So That's right, because Laura Siebert is the most important guest that ever comes on this show. Absolutely. The John Wood <laughs> Community College president is in the green room, but the first thing on our agenda is... Blazer Pet Band Day at John Woods. So tell us all about it. That's right. It's John Woods' very first uh, pet band festival this Sunday, and it's free for all uh, uh, high school and junior high schools and uh, high school and ju- junior high school band students to come watch and just really get a taste of the college experience. Because um, pet band, I, I was in the Iowa pet band. I loved my time in the Iowa pet band. I got to travel around the country, um, and I think. Anybody who's thinking about continuing their instrument into college sort of needs that taste of what it can be like. So there are definitely great classical music ensembles, too, which I love um, as well. Um, but pep band is a good, good time. So highly recommend going to go check. to the game anyway. Why not bring your horn? Yes. In fact, it's a great way to go to the games for free when you're a broke college kid. <laughs> uh, so don't think that that isn't a, a big draw for the old marching band or pep band for sure. Um, that's this Saturday uh, from 930 to 530 at uh, John Wood. Free lunch and T-shirts for participants that are there. You'll get to see a men's and a women's basketball game. So bring your uh, bring your instrument. Where you be playing? Well, they actually it says you can play in the pep band. Yeah. So sit in. okay. Sit so in. Have obviously, fun. if you don't know the song, don't play along. Don't play your song. They'll bring, else they bring music, Mayor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they can read music. That's very good. Free lunch and T-shirts for participants. Uh, for more information, just uh, call Doctor Sebbing. Yep. Doctor Sebbing at John Wood. And or Jessica Snyder, my good girlfriend, Girl Scout friend, all grown up now. Okay, the next thing on the agenda is Quincy Community Theater Moana uh, Discovery Night. This uh, stage production of Moana is a little bit culturally different than most people in the Midwest are familiar with. It's all about Oceania, kind of Hawaii, but really Oceania. And so they're going to have a Discovery Night where you can come with your family and bring your children. And they're going to talk a little bit about how the scenery was developed, how the choreography was developed, about the culture. So different than our Midwest culture here. Right. And, you know, the great thing about um, Discovery Nights is it also gives you a chance to see behind the scenes of QCT and all of the great volunteer positions besides being on the stage um, that you could be a part of. Um, If you've got sewing skills or would like sewing skills, if you want to help with props or scenery or building, there's so much to do all the time. So Discovery Nights are a nice time to do that. Monday, February 6th at 6 p.m. is this Discovery Night. It is a really popular show. It is nearly sold out in just a day and a half of ticket sales. So I have tickets. I'm taking my kids. They love Moana. <laughs> um, but um, oh, yeah, get your tickets get your ticket for the regular now. show. But then also mark um, Monday, February 6th, because it's a chance to go behind the curtain exactly. and see how some of the special effects, see how some of the people are transformed, the scenery. And then they also have some of the actors and actresses there, and they may even do a little rehearsal for you. So it's a great uh, chance to show kids the, you know, how they how do they do How do you that? get it? Uh, how do you make Theater magic. That's How does exactly Peter right. Pan fly? Well, we really had a real Peter Pan. That's this I year. Remember, it's on the schedule know, the this year. You know, the thing about theater that's so wonderful, when I was my little godson, God love him, he was little, and Hannibal did Peter Pan. And he said, Pinky, 
are we going to see a real Pe- the real Peter Pan or just somebody pretending to be Peter Pan? I said, I don't know. We'll have to go and see. So we went to the show, and when we got out, he goes, that was the real Peter Pan. Oh. I know it was. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't somebody pretending to be Peter Pan. That was the real Peter Fantastic. Pan. Fantastic. So, okay. So Moana's almost sold out. So call Quincy Community Theater today to get your tickets for Moana and enjoy Discovery Night. And if you want to be in rent as an adult. It's coming up. Auditions are February 11th and 12th. Okay. Quincy High School's Little Women. Is this the musical? It is not. It's a straight play. So in the okay. in the um, I was in the musical. Uh, that's right. So um, in the uh, in the in the winter time, it is a straight play. It's always a straight play. Um, so this is uh, you know if you may have seen the see, seen Little House on the Prairie at uh, QCT this um, this winter, Little Women is coming to sen- the senior high school, and we expect a similar you know reception for this one. Um, it is February 9th through 11th. Um, of course, set in the mid-1800s, four sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, take the audience on a journey of friendship, family, and love, um, and loss. So um, it's really a, a classic, timeless story that I think people are really going to enjoy. And the theater uh, department with uh, Megan Buckley there at the high school just does fantastic work. Um, tickets are $8 for students, $12 for adults, and you can just check out qps.org uh, on the music department website or call 224-3774 to get those tickets. I have one more. Go ahead. She's like, I always have one more. I really want to mention something special that's going on for the Quincy Concert Band. They have not had a major fundraiser since 2019 because of this thing that happened. I can't remember. Shut us down in 2020. I'm not going to talk about it. The disease that shall not be mentioned. Something we're not going to talk about. So they're a little behind on fundraising. And, uh, you know, this is an organization close to my heart. We are having a movie trivia night um, but because we're doing a big movie pops concert. So the movie trivia night is Saturday, February 18th. At the Eagle Lodge, um, they're on uh, North 5th Street in Quincy. Doors open at 6, trivia starts at 7. There will be Star Wars and Jurassic Park questions because I'm helping with that. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this is cheating if you watch the Mary Griffith, if you listen to the Mary Griffith show. <laughs> there are both of those things, um, for sure. Uh, get those tables in advance, Quincy Concert Band at Gmail to reserve those, uh, those uh, tables. Um, and check out Quincy Concert Band on, on Facebook to um, get all of the details, because I know you're going to want to be at our March concert. It's amazing. Okay. Thank you very much, Laura Sievert. Send me full details. Will do. And uh, coming up next, the president of John Wood Community College, right after this break. We are back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. I've known this gentleman for 15 minutes. I like him already. I liked him from the minute I laid eyes on him. See, first impressions. He thinks I'm probably a babbling idiot because he was listening to Stephen Hyken first, but we're going to try to get over there and make a better second impression on Dr. Brian Renfro, the new president of John Wood Community College. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invitation and look forward to spending a little time with you this morning, Mary. Well, I hope you'll be a regular because so much of what happens out at 48th and uh, and uh, Maine and and Harrison and what happens in your Pittsfield and all your other learning centers is so critically important. One out of every three high school graduates in your district chooses John Wood for at least one class. So it is ever present in our community how important it is. So let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us about your personal self, maybe sure. some hobbies you like, but also, of course, I'm interested in your academic background and where you've been before. Sure, sure. Um, you know, for 25 years I've been in higher education uh, as an employee. 
Uh, I started out as a faculty I was member. Twenty-five years. I was in higher education <laughs> for almost twenty-five years myself, but I finally graduated. Yeah, but you finally got your undergrad <laughs> degree undergrad, and moved yeah. on. But you know, they were. It was a good time. So, uh, and the thing could be said for me. All the years have been great. Uh, I've primarily worked in community colleges, um, and uh, that's really where my passion and my commitment is. Uh, I did start out teaching. Um, my background, my degrees are in anthropology. Um, and so I started out teaching anthropology courses as well as criminal justice courses. Uh, some exciting stuff there. But eventually I just moved more into administration and just, uh, tried to do more and more to help our students. Uh, as you mentioned, the impact that a community college can have, uh, on an individual's life is really my mission as well. It can change the the degree. The percentage of change can be so much greater there than somebody who goes to Harvard. You know, I mean, <laughs> if you're already a high achiever and you get accepted to, you know, Illinois, yeah. uh, you're kind of expected to do well. But for some kids, college is not even on their radar screen at all. And getting involved at John Wood or at Moberly Junior College or Southeastern, that can be the entree into a world that then will take them farther. And they don't have to go farther, but they can go farther. But you've got to make that first step. And for a lot of kids, that first step into college is much more difficult because they have no one in their family to guide the way for them. That's correct, Mary. And what we've seen is community colleges are a great avenue, especially for the first-generation college students, as you mentioned. Uh, they tend to be more successful. Uh, we're a little bit smaller, smaller classroom size, so we can provide more attention to our students and give them that exceptional experience. Uh, and kind of help them navigate that world and that process. Um, so I think that's, I appreciate you pointing that out because it's, it's very much true. Coming out of a scientific background, you also are from the South. So I'm always. I'm not sure it, how you knew that. I, I have, well, sugar <laughs> pie, I don't have any idea. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm always interested and curious because in Quincy, we are having some struggles with housing. We're having some struggles attracting people here. So you, we have caught you in our trap. So yeah. I want to know, what was it about Quincy? Obviously, the job at John Wood was the primary factor, but there are other factors involved in accepting that job. What was mm -hmm. it about Quincy that made you say yes to our community? Sure, it was a couple of things, uh, and, but you're right. It was about John Wood Community College. I had been working in northeast Texas uh, at two community colleges there for about the last eight years, Tyler Junior College and Paris Junior College. Uh, and, you know, John Wood Community College seemed like a good fit based on my background experiences and the types of communities that I look to serve. Uh, I'm very interested in helping and promoting education in rural communities. Uh, I grew up in rural East Tennessee, as you noted, from the south, uh, and have spent a lot of my time living in rural communities. I just like to live there. Uh, so that was really one of the attractive components to John Wood Community College. Uh, we have a lot of the great big city benefits here in, in Quincy, not a lot of the big city headaches like we haven't had in Dallas when I was there. Uh, but, but really, if you look at the population that we serve, it is by and large a rural community. Uh, and so that's appealing to me. That was appealing to me. And I also, you know, can't leave this little fact out. My wife was born and raised in Pittsfield. Okay. Well, now that brings up, you know, <laughs> off the topic, but how do you meet, how does a boy from Tennessee meet a girl from Pittsfield? Well, that's a great story. Uh, we, and we met later in life. 
uh, and we actually met at a conference in Louisville, Kentucky. She worked for Lincolnland Community College, and at that time I was working uh, for um, Southeast or Kentucky Community College system, and uh, that's how that's kind of how we met, and it's kind of a love at first sight community college story, if you will. Two and, nerds from uh, across a crowded room. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. That's about right, exactly. And uh, we've been together pretty much ever since, 16 years. We have two wonderful children, Jack and Blake. Uh, Jack's 14 and, and Blake's 8, and we've been together a little over 16 years now. And we have never lived in the same state as family. This will be the first time. Okay, there, there, this is a whole other Mary Griffith show that we'll just have to explore later on. Does your wife, is your wife employed outside the home here? Uh, not yet. She is has been teaching elementary school for about the last four or five years. Uh, I imagine so. that uh, Todd Pettit, if he doesn't know it already, <laughs> is on your doorstep right now begging her to come to work because we, as you know, have a shortage of teachers. Todd and I uh, have had a chance to meet, get to know each other. Exceptional. Really look forward to working with him, uh, you know, because... At the community college, we want to partner with our local public schools to provide, you know, not just opportunities for students when they graduate, but students to go to college before they graduate with our dual credit concurrent enrollment. Uh, but yes, it did come up over our lunch as as uh, we were exchanging stories and Todd, so. Todd, so we'll went see. to lunch to learn about you. <laughs> found out your wife was a teacher and said, "Brian, I'm no longer interested in any plans you have at John Wood. I'm only interested in your wife joining the workforce here so, uh, at Quincy Public Schools." Well, that's wonderful, and I think um, people. It doesn't matter where you're from in the country, the south, the north. If you're from the smaller farming community, yeah. you have a sense of what is important to us. And that there is a laid-backness to our lifestyle, but there's also, we don't want to be stereotyped by city slickers as hillbillies and, you know, not interested in education and, and just, right. you know, want to chew on a, on a cornstalk. So we have some very, very brilliant young people here who may have to go to Illinois to Iowa, to Mizzou, as sad as I am to say it, and get a higher education. But they may want to return to our community, and so it's imperative that we have jobs here for them. And as long as we're talking from a scientific background, agriculture, of course, is a big driver at John Wood, and we've just recently signed documentation with Western Illinois University. You've had an articulation agreement with Illinois for a long time. How critically important is it for John Wood to be able to say our college credits are so good that, quote, major or four-year or prestigious, I'm using air quotes for those in radio who can't see my fingers, will accept? Because any child can do C work. Some kids are looking for a little bit more. They want to make sure that what they're doing at John Wood will translate to a higher level of education it's very important you know at the community college especially with john wood we do provide two different pathways students that want to come in uh and and maybe transfer and work towards their bachelor's at a university later uh that's one of the things that we do we also provide two-year degree programs that will exit and give you the skills that you needed to move right in the workforce but in regard to that transfer and in particular the agreement with western illinois university we want to continue to build on that and provide as many options for our students as possible. What what one university might be right for one of our students may not be 
the same for another. So the more options that they have, the better that, that they are. And I think you're, you're spot on when you're talking about the quality, right? I think the four-year institutions recognize the quality and the value of community college students. Um, research has shown that community college students who go on to a four-year institute are likely more successful than their counterpart or peers who didn't. And I attribute it back to what we talked about earlier. It's that smaller class size. Uh, we have just have incredible faculty uh, at John Wood uh, who spend time with their students, get to know their students, and, and really build their students' confidence and teach them how to learn, give them the ability to learn. So when they do transfer and go on to the university, they're going to be successful. There's such a dichotomy, in a sense, between a professor at, uh, say, Northwestern or Illinois, as opposed to someone who is a doctor, who has his doctorate and is teaching, or she's teaching at John Wood. They're not as interested in publishing. They're not as interested in research, but they are interested in the academic carrying on of mm -hmm. knowledge. And I think sometimes when we look at what we call prestige universities, you know, Stanford. Harvard, you know, whatever rolls off your tongue next. Those teachers that are there are all Nobel Prize laureates, and that's great, but the chance you're going to have one of them in class is almost zero. I mean, I went to Illinois, and I'm proud I went to Illinois, and I had a great education at Illinois, but my freshman class was like 8,000. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even really meet a professor and have any time with them of any value until my junior year. And so you're sitting in a lecture class with literally 350 to 600 students. Now, the information being disseminated is great, but if you're not a motivated self-achiever, you're not going to necessarily do the extra work that's provided. And As evidenced by your 25 years. As evidenced by my 25 years before I finally <laughs> got my diploma. There are some kids who are so used to knowing everybody that putting them in that big ocean yep. is overwhelming for them. It's not that they're not intelligent, that their IQ is not high enough. They need a little bit more, and I'll call it coddling, to be successful. Yeah, I, th I think you're right on the spot there. I mean, some students, it's difficult. And I think, you know, some students can come out of a rural school uh, and make that transition to a university. Um, I went to the University of Tennessee. Uh, large school, much yeah. like j you just described as well. But with that first uh, day, it's a little bit it, oh, it overwhelming. Was, was, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm was. like, uh, excuse me, I know nobody. How can this be? I know everybody back home. You know, but I, I think if you look at what community colleges do, like John Wood, I mean, what we do is we provide that safe space for them, students to come and to grow and to prepare to make that transition. And also, they're going to get most of their general education courses out of the way. And so when they do transfer to that junior, senior year, they're going to be in those high-level courses, right? And all those folks that didn't navigate or run that gauntlet of the freshman and sophomore at the year university are going to be gone. And we're going to see that our students will be right in there with the top of the class competing, and that's a testament to our faculty. My guest today is Dr. Brian Renfro. He is coming to us as the new president of John Wood Community College. His most of his academic career has been with community colleges, so he understands that you're preparing people for advanced education, but you're also preparing people for jobs now. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we continue on. There are kind of two kinds of students. Um, I remember, I'm sure probably in some class of mine at the University of Illinois, there was, quote, a non-traditional student, someone older. I frankly just don't remember that. 
But if you go to Culver Stockton or Hannibal LaGrange or Quincy University or especially John Wood, you are going to see the 18-year-old sitting next to the 28-year-old. And they're both starting on that same path. Some people get off track. And it's a lot easier to get back on track at John Wood than it is to, you know, say I'm going to move to Ann Arbor, Michigan and be a freshman up there when I'm 33 years old. That just, you know, it's... it's you have to you have to get into the stream. You have to merge into the lane. Yeah. It, it's true, Mary. That's that's a great way to look at it. You know, I like to think that nobody's off track. They're on their own track. Right. Uh, and we provide that opportunity. If maybe college wasn't for you when you came right out of high school or even four or five or even ten or twenty years Is later. Is college really for anybody when they come? I think England has it so right to take a gap year. Yeah. I mean, when you were 18, you think you know everything. You actually know nothing. And maybe a year out would make you realize at least you're halfway on both. Um, but, but in, again, yeah, if folks, and even if you're, you know, maybe you're stuck in a job, but you want a career. Yeah, we're going to give you an it's opportunity. It's hard to give up the money from the yeah. job. We're going to give you an opportunity to be able to come back and do that. And some of the, especially with some of the short term certificates that we have, uh, looking at career transitions or, or even, you know, affordability of being able to do it online uh, is another option that we have so COVID that you can was, bridge that. COVID was, you know, you can find a, a ray of sunshine in every cloud. Yeah. But COVID, in a way, helped those who are self-learners and helped those who um, can't be in a physical location, maybe on demand, really step up the the learning by computer. Now, I still say there's great advantage to being with your peer group physically and to talking with your teacher personally mm-hmm. and seeing the nuances of their voice. And now, wait a minute, one more thing when you're not interrupting them over a Zoom call. But COVID and now the technology that's come from COVID has made getting any form of education much more easy. It has. You're exactly right. And I think a, a lot of the folks that went into COVID probably wouldn't have experienced online learning otherwise. Some of them, I think, came out of it with the knowledge that, hey, I can do this. Some of them came out of it with the knowledge that, you know, I really need more help than this. And so we are looking more at hybrid classes, you know, where you have less face time uh, in that classroom, but it's still there and it's a component for those who need it, but still using the technology to deliver the content when it allows itself. I remember when I was at U of I, there was a gentleman who was a beloved professor passed away. And he was so beloved, and his class was so good, they just showed a movie of him. Oh, wow. I don't know if his widow got a royalty for that or what, but the guy had been dead, but you could still take his class. And it was packed. I mean, it was one of those big auditorium classes, and yeah. the little movie thing started, and there comes professor whatever. And I thought to myself, how wonderful to be that engaging, to be that beloved, that even after death, you yeah. cannot tell. Right. You must go on. And everything. <laughs> no doubt, no uh, doubt. Uh, that is. But you know, I think most people, if they think back at some point in their education, whether they went to college or not, they have uh, an educator, a teacher, who influenced or touched them in some way, and that's really what we're about at John Wood too. Right? We want to provide that opportunity. We have some incredible faculty out there that are building incredible relationships with our students to help them change their lives for the better. I, I always say this, and I tell tell our employees and our, our faculty and I even tell our students, we're here to help them find their hopes and dreams. That's really the business that we're in. 
We like to say we're in education, but the reality of it is it's about when people come to us, helping them achieve their hopes and dreams. Dr. Renfro, that is what's going to make you a great president at John Wood because uh, I know from my friends that are college professors at other places, um, a lot of it is, I mean, I literally have had them say they're adults now. I tell them, here's the coursework. This is what you need to get an A. If you do this, you'll get an A. If you do this, you'll get a B. I don't care if, you, you know, I want you to come to class, I want you, but if you don't, I don't care because I've been paid anyway. So I'm here to instruct you, but I'm, they're not reaching out. They're not saying, how are things at home? How are, and I think that that component is needed more in all institutions. But if we can have that, especially here at John Wood locally, where the teachers genuinely care, and I know the teachers at John Wood, several of them, and they do. They want to be that person. If you didn't get sparked in third grade, if you didn't get sparked your sophomore year, if you've been out now in the cold, cruel world in five years and you realize, I make an okay living for a single person, you know, five years at my age, 22, but I don't want to be doing this when I'm 32 or 42. How am I going to get back and get that help? It's that human touch that cannot be recreated by a computer screen. It's that human touch that's going to encourage and keep encouraging those kids and young adults and even not-so-young adults to keep going towards their goal. That's exactly right, Mary. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about my education background, but, uh, um, you know, I also got a, a doctorate at Iowa State University in community colleges and community college leadership. And so I still follow a lot of that literature. And what we're starting to see now is we've made a lot of changes in the last 20 years in how students come into the process and how we inform students about the process and we're making success there. But when we look at colleges that are doing great, you know, and looking at their graduation rates and their completion rates, one factor that we're finding above all others is that students feel like they're cared for when they're there. And it really it starts out with the faculty. It starts out with the staff. And it permeates all the way through to the leadership. And I even like to say, you know what? It's not just about the community college. It's about the college being in the community and the community being in the college. And when that caring attitude, right, is in the community and the college, we're going to see success in our students. Well, as a taxpayer, it's about time you did something for me. Okay, (laughs) it's 944. We're going to head up to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative and find out how the farm markets are doing. And we'll be back. Our conversation with Dr. Brian Renfro continues. We are back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Dr. Brian Renfro is here. We're learning a little bit about where he's come from because we have to understand his philosophy and what he's done before we understand what's, you know, his vision for John Wood. Now, obviously, the people that chose him for this post... Uh, chose wisely to see that he would carry on the vision that uh, Dr. Mike Elby and others before him had uh, talked about. So I want to talk a little bit, having interviewed all of the past presidents of John Wood. In the earlier days, community college was for, quote, everybody, and I mean everybody. And part of the problem was there was very little academic standard to get in. I mean, in a sense, there still isn't. If you walk in the door, you're admitted the open door, but that also caused the revolving door. Because if you're opened in the door, but you don't get any extra help or any extra to make up your deficits, you'll just be out the next semester in the revolving door. That 
changed a lot. I mean, that used to be John Wood, and they've worked on that, and they've gotten away from that. I think that's gone. You don't see an open door and revolving door now, do you? Well, we certainly still see the open door, yeah. and we want to strive to keep that open door. Uh, we are an open enrollment institution. We take all of our students, and we try to meet them where they're at. Uh, but like you said, we have done a lot to uh, eliminate the uh, revolving door, and we've done that by focusing on our student, students and identifying barriers uh, that would lead them to not be successful, uh, to keep them on a path. One of the things that you, you've probably heard us talk about pathways, uh, follow your path at John Wood, and part of that is making sure that our curriculum is clear, it's more streamlined, so that students need to know that the classes that they take but it also helps our advisors and our support staff keep them on that path and keep them moving forward towards graduation. We've also redesigned a lot of our programs so that you can, especially our workforce programs, where you can exit after a year or a semester, but you're taking a credential with you, showing that you maybe have a certificate, right? And that validates those work skills that you're exiting with into the workplace. And it also provides a reentry point where you can come in knowing that you've achieved those skills, and now how do you build on those skills for the next layer of certificate? And then that builds into the associate's degree. We talked about the transfer portal and how important it is, and John was doing a great job with that. Let's talk now more about the vocational aspect of it, I guess, as a taxpayer. Sure. Um, one thing that I've seen as a taxpayer from the inception of John Wood to now, start out with it was going to be a campus without any buildings, and we're going to do this very, very inexpensively, and we're, now we have complexes at several <laughs> locations. Um, we have sports teams. We have uh, some things that were not the original vision of John Wood, and that's neither good nor bad. Things do change. But how are you going to make sure as president of John Wood Community College that you meet the needs of your major taxpayers, which are the property owners of all of your area, plus the employers who employ our property owners, like the NAPIDs and the ADMs and the Blessing Hospitals and the agricultural industry? What how are you developing courses? I know you just had a 14-week welding course. You're in the middle of it now. How are you developing courses and attracting students to those courses so they can get employed? Because we yeah. have a real employment crisis here. We do not have enough workers. Yeah, that, that's a, a very fair question, Mary, and I appreciate you asking it. Uh, you know, what we do as a community college uh, in providing the local workforce is uh, kind of one component to the economic backbone for the region. And so all of our programs have advisory committees that we ask local business and industry to serve upon. Uh, so they're guiding what we're teaching. They are the folks who hire our graduates. Uh, they are looking for those entry-level skills. And so they work closely with us to provide that feedback to make sure that we're doing it. They also guide us in any potential gaps where we may not be doing it very well uh, or where there are potential gaps where we may not have uh, a program. And so I'm going to continue uh, that tradition, but I'm also really working hard to get out into the community, talk to the business and industry folks, um, you know, and, and listen to what they have to say. So I, I think that that's critical. Uh, you know, we've been working real closely with Gretif, and we will continue. I've already met with Kyle Moore uh, and to hear their thoughts about what we need. And I think that is about recruiting new business and industry in the area, but it's also about making sure that we have the skilled labor 
to uh, maintain the existing business and industries and allow them to be competitive in the open market that we see in the world today. And to allow people to progress in their trade. So you know, I graduate exactly. from John Wood or I get a certificate from John Wood. Now I'm employed by a major employer. Now uh, is the next step of my education ladder available at John Wood or can I access it more readily? And that all needs to happen. We have to attract these bright flight people mm-hmm. back home. Um, once they leave our community to go somewhere else to get advanced or differential training or education, how do we get them to come back home? And these are all very critical things. One of the biggest problems we have right now is housing. And I've never had a chance to ask a college president about housing because there's no, they, they have enough dorms at, at Culver. They have enough housing at, at HLG, at least the last time I checked. Quincy has expanded some of its housing. When a student wants to go to John Wood, most of them live within commuting distance, so they already have a domicile. But, you know, if I'm living in Pittsfield and I don't want to live with my parents anymore because I want to be a college kid and I want to be out on my own, where do John Wood students live? And our student life department does a really good job with helping students who are, you know, out still within our service district but but want to come into Quincy, live here, and kind of have that more of a college experience than a commuter uh, student might. And uh, they work to partner them up to find roommates and look into, uh, they even have lists of potential apartments that then they can help those students find and seek out. Uh, and so it's, it's really a cool thing that we do. And it does help those students who kind of want to start to test that waters and move out uh, as well. Do you ever, and please say no, no, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm showing my butt, but do you ever anticipate a time when you'll have dormitories? You know, uh, Illinois uh, legislative measures actually prohibit community colleges or two-year colleges from having dormitories. Some do, but they can't be funded through the general taxpayer's uh, the general operating fund or taxpayers' money. And I think there's some credit to that because we are community college, right, and we are about serving a local population and within our service district. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I can't say if that would change down the road, but I don't foresee that in the immediate future. I think we do need to to continue to be proactive and working with the city and working with the folks for two things. One is affordable housing for our students. Uh, and assuring that that's available, whether it's private sector or the city or whatever. But two is transportation. Public transportation for many of our students is critical. Uh, and and the, so, I guess tra- Quincy Transit Lines does serve John Wood. It does. I would hope. Yes, it I does. would say. Because there again, we, <laughs> if you aren't one of those people who doesn't have a car, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't have children, who doesn't have whatever impediment, that you don't know, have, you can't even yeah. begin to comprehend how difficult it can be uh, to go and to do these things. Sports. could never talk about this with Mike Gell because you're <laughs> such a sports guy. But, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, tragedy had nothing to do with the college, really, but these b- baseball players were involved in this horrible accident. They were all from New York. Hmm. And I think a lot of people are like, why are ball players from New York playing for John Wood's baseball team? And I thought about it myself. I thought, what are we giving scholarships to people to come here from all over? There's an advantage to multiculturalism, yeah. but what? How do you see 
the sports program at John Wood? Well, we have a phenomenal program, and under the leadership of Brad Hoyt, uh, we're doing good things. And our athletics program gives students who might not have an opportunity to go to college or even an incentive to go to college the ability to do that. I think, you know, we do uh, we do have folks from out of state. I'm not aware of the statistics or the numbers, but we have quite a few local folks, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's important to recognize both. The other thing that I think having an athletics program do is it gets back to that experience that we talked about early on. It provides that, that collegiate experience and atmosphere. Again, one of the things that we found is research is the more students are engaged in their college life, the more successful they are to be. So having sporting events and having that sense of uh, college pride, right, um, really helps promote student success. And that Blazer Pep Band. That's so right. again, you know, if, if local kids are going to be playing, then local kids who are band geeks, you know, there's a lot of them around too. So this Saturday is Blazer Pep Band Day, and all junior and senior uh, in high school can come. You can bring your instrument, and you can play at the women's and men's basketball games with the pep band at 2 and at 4, and you get free lunch and free T-shirt and get to know a little bit about what John Wood's music program is about. And uh, because the music program and the sports program often are closely allied in whatever are. organization. So uh, this time has gone so quickly. And I really want to know about, more about this meeting across the crowded room, at the, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, but what would you like the people, the taxpayers of this area, to know about uh, your management of their money at John Wood? Uh, I take it very seriously. Um, you know, the mission of what John Wood Community College uh, was conceptualized to do is very important. Uh, we try to provide an opportunity for students to pursue their hopes and dreams. We want to see them become productive members of our community and contribute back to that tax base. Uh, so we really see that as our role. And I, and I just, I would want them to know that I do take it very seriously. Uh, my leadership team and I, we talk about it already in the first three weeks. We've talked about the importance of what we represent and the product uh, that we deliver and the importance that it can have in changing an individual's lives. So uh, that's what I would really want them to know, that, that we take this serious and we're there for everyone. Well, it was so nice getting to know you. I hope you'll be a guest. I know you're very busy as a college president, but yeah. Dr. Brian Renfro, it has been delightful to meet you and to learn a little bit about your story. And uh, just from our first initial uh, thing, I think we're in good hands. You're very transparent. Um, it's nice to see that uh, somebody who shares our, if not our Midwestern values, our country values is at the helm of John Wood as somebody who knows what the swine operation is all about. You know, it doesn't have to be explained. This is a pig. This is a cow. That's right. Okay. Thank you so very much. Great to be back, folks. We'll do it all again tomorrow.